Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. It is Friday, of course, one day away now from that big game at Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. The Premier League is back. Hallelujah. And Mikel Arteta has been speaking about that game this morning at his press conference at London Colney. So we've got plenty to discuss. We've got some updates on Bukai Saka, on William Saliba, on general team news. He's been talking about Pochettino, Chelsea. We've got lots of questions and comments from you guys of course, as we head towards the weekend, once again, I'm not going to be at the game tomorrow. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be around because uh, I'm in Germany at the World Book Fair discussing my book and England's chances at the Euros. But I'm going to hopefully catch the game and I'm going to take my computer with me. So if I can, I will still try and do a video reflecting on what's hopefully going to be a fourth Premier League win in a row for Arsenal at Stamford Bridge. All right, let's get going, shall we, and talk about what Mikel has had to say ahead of that game. He's been talking about injuries. Of course, he was asked plenty of questions about, about the likes of Bakaya Saka and William Saliba. Saka missing that game against Manchester City before the international break, not going away with England as well because of that hamstring issue he picked up uh, in the Champions League match. Mikel's been talking about it, asked about his fitness. He said he's been working so hard to be fit for this game. So let's see where he is at today. He had a couple of days uh, rest that he needed as well. But the rest of that time has not been rest for him because he needed to do treatment and train to be ready for Chelsea. He's asked whether he wants to play on Saturday. He says, I'm sure he wants to play. I don't see any player there who doesn't want to be in the starting eleven. So it sounds quite positive on Bukayo. Mikel was saying, look, he's not, this today is going to be the first training session that he's had with the squad because they've all been away on internationals. They've all come back sweet yesterday or so, and today is going to be the first proper training session 
So he said he's going to have to decide after today when he have a look at them, when he sees how fit everyone is, how he sees how tired some players have have come back, and then he'll decide. But he's going to have a good look at them today. But it certainly sounds positive on Bakai, the fact that he's been working so hard to be fit for this game, that he's been you know doing all the treatment he needs. It sounds to me like he's going to be fit, but you know it's very hard to judge when it comes to Mikel Arteta when he's talking about team news and when he's talking about players. But... Yeah, I thought it was quite positive comments from him on Sakron Saliba as well. I think, you know, I think he's going to be fine. He was asked about the toe injury that he's been sort of had, that he's been managing the last few weeks. He was asking if it's something that could be a sort of recurring thing that goes through the season. He said, hopefully not. He's been carrying it for a few weeks now and we have to use that time to settle. And we believe it was the best moment to do it. He was asked if he was a doubt for Saturday and he said, depending on how he's able to train today. Again, I cannot see William Saliba not playing. He's had this toe injury. Before, he had it against Manchester City. He played through it. He had an absolutely impressive game. He's had two weeks of rest. Basically, he didn't go away with France, of course. When Mikel's saying this was the time to really try and manage that issue, to give him that bit of a rest, I can't see that he's not going to play tomorrow. I think if he's remotely fit, that he's going to play. And hopefully this isn't something that is going to be going on and on and on throughout the season. That He's not going to have to manage it. It seems like a strange injury. No one's actually sort of got to the bottom of exactly what it is. It seems, you know, you don't often hear of players suffering this sort of recurring big toe injury that Saliba seems to have. Um, the good thing is, is that it certainly didn't seem to impact him against, against Manchester City. But one thing you don't want to be doing with players is continually having to give them injections and that sort of thing to get them through the game. That's not going to do them any good long term. So hopefully it's something that Arsenal can, if not manage, but, you know, actually treat and treat well so that it, it becomes not an issue anymore. Um, but if it is an issue, then hopefully it's something Arsenal can manage and get him through games without the need for constant injections and, and things like that. Uh, in terms of, he was asked, you know, what, what start 11, do you know in your mind what it's going to pick? And of course, like yesterday's video, I spoke at length about who I think could start this game and who I would like to see start this game. I, would put, I said that team selection that I wanted, if Thomas Party's fit, I think he plays midfield for me uh, with Declan Rice and Martin Odegaard. Mikel was asking, you know, do you know what team you're going to pick? He said, I do have an idea, but I have to see them all together today and how everybody is because we have a lot of people travelling around the world with a lot of minutes in their legs. I want to judge what is best for tomorrow, not only in terms of what I want tactically, but how the energy is, how the mood is, how the spirit is. In order to do that, I'm going to have to have a better clue after the training session today. Now, of course, Arsenal do have what is now a very, very big Champions League game away from home on Tuesday night in Spain against Seville after the defeat last time out. Um you know, this is a really important game. Arsenal can't really afford to lose in Seville. They need to get something from that game before they come come back and have the two back-to-back -back home games um, in that group. You know, the defeat is it's not sort of put them behind the curve in the group, but it's just put a little bit of extra pressure on them. And you feel like they need to go to Seville and get something, which is not going to be easy, no matter how... You know, inconsistent Seville have been in the league. We know what they're like in Europe. We know how consistent they are in Europe. The results they pick up in Europe, especially at home, that is not going to be an easy game. So whether that comes into Arteta's team selection thinking on Saturday evening, I don't know. Potentially it will. I hope, I don't, the way Mikel tends to go with things, I don't think it will, but I'm sure it's something that's going to be in the back of his mind. So let me know what you guys think. As I said yesterday, let me know who you, should be playing should he be taking the Seville game into account does he need to rest players for Seville for me you don't rest players away at Chelsea in the Premier League but let me know what you guys think in the comments below
looking ahead sort of to the game and to Chelsea now, Mikel's got a very, very close relationship with Maurizio Pochettino. When I went and interviewed Mikel last week at the training ground, he spoke to me about it there and how him and Poch basically signed on the same day when they went to PSG. Mikel was a young teenager. Uh, Poch was a really experienced player who's just come in. Both came to the club. They stayed in the same hotel with each other for like three months, basically, as they were getting used to the city and used to the club. And Pochettino really took Mikel under his wing. And uh, Mikel in the press conference today said he, you know, treated him like his little brother. And that um, Mikel said he'll always, always be grateful of what Pochettino has given him, both in terms of when they were players, but also in Mikel's management career. You know, when Mikel made the move, Poch wanted him at Spurs. I don't think that was going to ever happen because of his Arsenal connection, obviously. But he did give him a lot of good advice and Mikel was very, very grateful for that. Um, looking ahead to the game on Saturday, so it's a big game. We know there is a big history between the two clubs and the type of games that we've played against them. It's a very different one, I think. This season, I've been really impressed by Chelsea. They deserve much more than what they've got in the table. I think what Maurizio is doing in a short time is phenomenal and we're going to have to be at our best tomorrow. Sort of looking at Chelsea's form, he said, I think when you look at First of all, the managing and the coaching staff they have, the history of the club they have, the players and the squad they have, it's going to happen. I think it's happened pretty quickly, not only in the last three results, but I think they deserve much more in terms of results and points than what they've got already. Uh, so I can see them going to be up there. Um, yeah, I think you know, Chelsea, a lot has been said about Chelsea this season, their early season form, their early season results. But I think Arteta is right. They have played a lot better than some of the results that they've got. And the big factor is that they haven't been taking their chances. They've been creating loads of chances, but they just haven't been taking them. The last couple of games, they've done that. They scored a lot of goals at Burnley. I think it was four against Burnley. Obviously, went to Fulham and won. Mudrick got his first goal. Um, and there are just signs that they are beginning to click now. And the decent performances that they've been putting in have now started you know, leading to results. And, you know, anyone thinking this is going to be an easy game for Arsenal, you can't. Honestly, it is absolutely not going to be an easy game for Arsenal. The one at Stamford Bridge last season, that was an easy game. Arsenal were brilliant. Chelsea were awful. You know, there's I cannot see any way that that's going to be a similar game. It's going to be 5.30, of course, which is always means a much more intense atmosphere than the lunchtime kickoff than it was last season. And, um, yeah, I think Arsenal are going to have to be at their very, very best. Um, it's another really intriguing game, another big test for Arsenal. And after what they did against Manchester City, if they could back that up by going to Stamford Bridge, getting a result away from home, it would just be huge. And it would just really continue that momentum that was starting to build before the international break in the Premier League. And hopefully they can continue with that this time around. Uh, Mikel, I thought this was quite interesting. He was, he was asked about Jack Wiltshire, who we know during the international break has had talks with Colorado, Colorado Rapids about potentially going there and being their new manager. KSC, obviously the owners of Colorado Rapids, the Crockies. Um, and Mikel was asked about Jack and being targeted for the job. And he said, look, I'm really happy that Jack is part of the setup. I think he's done really well and he's brought something I think was really necessary to the academy and around the place. These things are going to happen when people are doing well. He is going to get traction and then it will come down to him to make what he believes is the best decision for his career. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Jack over the next couple of weeks or so and the potential of taking this job. There are other managers in the frame. It's not just him, of course. So I think it's just purely down to Jack making the decision. KSE and the Cronkies, you know, they have to make the decision as well, whether they go for someone as inexperienced of Jack, which they've done before. They did it with the Rams when they brought Sean McVay in and had huge success. They did it with Arteta and he's had huge success. So I don't think it will scare them, Jack's lack of experience. 
Um, uh, but uh, there are other managers in the frame. For Wiltshire, it is a big decision, like Mikel says. If he goes there, such a young age, moving away from the club that he knows so well, where he almost has this comfort blanket of being being Jack Wiltshire, basically, and Arsenal. He's not going to have that when he goes to Colorado. He hasn't got that same relationship with the club, relationship with the staff, with everyone there. Um, so it will be a big, big decision for him. Personally, I've said it before, I think he should stay. I think he should do another, at least another year here learning at the 18s before he moves into his first senior role still very young still learning um you know arsenal brought him here and they brought him here for a reason wiltshire and murta saka and edu they all brought him here for a reason they knew he was inexperienced but they were willing to take that risk because of who he was and what they felt he could bring to the club and that sort of relationship that he had and i think it's done well so far that relationship has served him well so far he's had a good first season he's still got a lot to learn so I'd be keep I'd be staying here if I was Jack Wilk. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Sure. Okay, let's move on to some of your questions and comments now, shall we? There's a couple here. I've got one from John and one from Henry. John says, I'd put Tommy on the left means against Chelsea, as he'd been solid every time he's been on the pitch. Zinni has been a bit risky, wayward passes, gifting the ball to the opposition and letting them attack us on the break. Bring Zinni on later if we need his style, but it all depends how they set up. Uh, Henry says, Charles, you say the back four picks itself, but do you not think if James is fit for Chelsea that Arteta might opt for Tommy at left back to deal with the threat of James Sterling or James and Madueke? Um it's, they're both very good shouts. Look, Tommy Asu, you know I'm a big fan of Tommy Asu, and I think if he does start, I'd have no issue with that. But I still think Tommy Asu is almost, he's always Mikel's, it feels like he's Mikel's first sub. He's the person he brings on to see out the game, to add that extra strength for the first half, at the, for the final half an hour. You know, I think he'll start with Zinchenko, I really do, because he'll want to get control of the game. And I think with Zinchenko in the team, he'll be a lot more confident that he that Arsenal can get control of the game and then win it. And then I think from trying to be in a winning position to then see out the game, that's when he turns to Tommy. And I think we're seeing that more and more. Well, we saw it all last season. I think we've seen it this season. I think you kind of look at the players that Arteta brings on now to see out games. It almost makes the team stronger, certainly makes them defensively stronger. I think you look at what he did against Chelsea, the sort of power, the physicality, that he brought on, uh, sorry, against Manchester City to see out that game made a big, big impact. You know, you brought on Tommy for the final half hour, brought on Party, brought on Havertz. Suddenly you just had this, you know, a lot more sort of physical and strong and tall spine in the team. And um, 
you know, I think he'll he'll that'll be the same at Stamford Bridge. I think he'll go for the look to get control of the game with Zinchenko at left back. And then hopefully once the game potentially is in Arsenal's hands, then you bring on the likes of Tommy to help see the game out. Because I think if you're trying to see a game out and you bring on Zinchenko, you're potentially weakening yourself defensively a little bit in that regard. If you're going to be under pressure, if the team's pushing back, trying to get the goal, because we know Zinchenko is probably not, well, he's not probably, he's not as good a defender as um, Tommy Asu. But I think that's why I think Zinchenko starts, try and win the game, and then you bring on Tommy Asu to try and see it out. Uh, here's one from Devon. Uh, by the looks of it, it says, Hi, Charles, quick question, if I may. Did you start writing the book on the premise that Arsenal were going to win the Premier League? Would you write another one if we win it this season? Good luck with your Germany trip. Thank you very much. Uh, no, I didn't start writing the book on the premise that Arsenal were going to win the Premier League. Obviously, when we I was approached by the publisher and asked if I would like to write it, um, we had that discussion and it was that Arsenal were top of the table at that point. It was about February time, so about five points clear. And obviously, the, the hope was they were going to go on and win it and that would be the perfect ending to the book. But we always said when it was first discussed when they first approached me about it it wasn't about winning a title it was about the journey that the club's been on so you know win it or not win it it was you know either way it was going to happen um because we felt the story you know was excellent and strong and really interesting to tell anyway it wasn't just about silverware it wasn't just about winning a trophy um and you know that would have been great you would have given it a dream ended uh but um, but no, it wasn't just about that. And look, there is going to be an updated version of the book coming out next summer anyway, because it's going to be the paperback version. So I will start writing that soon. And, you know, what happens this season will be in that updated version as well. So it's not going to be a brand new book, but it's going to be an updated version for when it comes out for the paperback release next year. Here's one from Creedy2077 says, Hey, Charles, what's your opinion on Jesus' time at Arsenal? Do you feel he offers more as a nine than those currently available in the market? I had high hopes for him before his injury and his numbers were good. He enhanced those around him in the front line, but he seems to be becoming a rotation player. Do you feel what he offers in terms of link-up play is more beneficial than a traditional nine? Would you uh, would offer, should we be going for likes of Tony or should we bring Jesus back as our long-term nine? We'd be curious to see how Arteta sees it, if Jesus could add more goals to his game. He has the potential to become a great number nine. Look, my, my opinion on Jesus' time at Arsenal has been a fantastic signing. And I don't think he's become a rotation player. I think he's been forced to become a rotation player this season because of the injuries he's had around him. Zach has been injured or Martinelli's been injured. You know, we've never seen, hopefully, if they start this game on Saturday, it'll be the first time they've all started to gain the game, a Premier League game together this season in the Premier League. And, you know, that's Arsenal's strongest front line. And Jesus is very much still the number nine in that. It's just he's such a good player. He can give you so much more that when there is a Martinelli injury or there is a Saka injury, he seems to be the player who gets moved out wide because he's got that ability to play those positions because he's so good. But in my opinion, it's been a fantastic signing. I mean, you know, last season he was great. The injury obviously was such a disappointment and it stopped him in his tracks because he played so, so well. Even though he leaned up to the World Cup, he hadn't scored for a fair while. He was still producing unreal performances. You go back to Stamford Bridge last season for this repeat game of Saturday. Arsenal won that game 1-0 and he missed a really good chance in that game. I remember it would have been a brilliant team goal. But his performance was just, it was one of the best forward striking performances I've seen from a player all round. He was so transformational in Arsenal's play last season. And I think it's easily forgotten because of his injury layoff, because he's been having to be rotated now to fill in for other injured players, that it's like, oh, Arsenal have to go out and get a number nine. They have to. You know, if, he, if Jay Deuce is fit and stays fit all season, I'm 
quite happy for Arsenal not to sign a number nine in January and to play the season of Jesus because I think he'll still I think he'll score 20 goals this season I really really do um I think he's quality and I think a lot of people have forgotten just how good he is because of what happened with the injury last season and because he's been having to be moved and play in other positions so far because of injuries all around him Here's one from the Dictionary 66. He says, Charles, informative content. Thanks. Uh, do we need Saka backup or a Saka upgrade? I think recent Arteta signings are upgrades. Timber, Rice, Havertz, Ryan, what's your opinion? I think at this stage of the project, getting backups is either stagnation or a lack of ambition. I, I get what you're saying. And I think, yeah, he does look, you know, I think when I say upgrades on starting 11 anyway, I think, Arteta, it's not so much about starting level now. I think what he was doing in the summer was trying to just make everyone at the same level so he could bring players in, rotate them out, and there wouldn't be this big drop-off in form. But in terms of Saka upgrade, how do you upgrade on Saka? I just don't I don't see it. He's 22 years old. He's doing what he's doing. He makes things happen for Arsenal game after game. I just don't get how you upgrade on Bukayo Saka. I really honestly don't. I think he's, you know, maybe you look at Mo Salah because of what the numbers that he produces week after week. But look at the age of Mo Salah. You know, elsewhere, other right-wingers who are his age in the world, I don't, I just don't see an upgrade. So, so no, I don't think you need Saka upgrade. I think he's going to get better and better and better. Each year, he's going to get better and better and better. So, no, I don't think you need an upgrade at all. I think that's almost impossible. I think you need backup. You need other options. But definitely not an upgrade when it comes to Bukaya Saka. Uh, here's one from... Um, I, oh, wow, I don't even know what that is there so uh, i'll leave that up to you <laughs> sorry about that to work out who that is um the name is there it says hi charles bit of a noob here but could you please clarify what you meant in do it by doing stuff arsenal stuff for goal does that mean attending presses or simply just analytics for the away game she says no well i'm going to be going back into press box from time to time not every game not certainly not every home game i might do the occasional home game uh, but i'm very much staying in my seat um, for the for the home games, the majority of home games this season, to be with my dad and to uh, continue what I'm doing at the start of the season. But I am going to start doing away games for goal again um, from fairly soon. Not this weekend, obviously, because I'm in Germany. Um, but I will be doing away games for goal uh, in in the future, doing what I was doing last season. So you know, player ratings, winners and losers, that stuff, just match stuff. So I'm not working for them. I'm not going to be doing stuff during the week for them, like match preview stuff and all that sort of stuff but I will be doing matches on a weekend for them away from home on Saturday so I'll be going back to the press box I will do the occasional game in the in the home press box as well at the Emirates but mainly I'm still going to be in the stands watching it with my dad and I will be going back to doing press conferences at London Colney from time to time as well so yeah that is all happening um happening very soon so you will start seeing me back in the press box uh in the very near future doing my player ratings and stuff like that so we'll be getting videos from very much sort of behind the scenes again coming up very very soon uh and here is i think this is the last one today um from it looks like lilem bomvu and uh we're going to end with a non-football related question i don't actually know if this is rugby or cricket so i'm going to answer as both because he said here's one unrelated to football who do you think will win south africa v england i'm south african so my answer is obvious. Well, obviously, there's two big, big games coming up this weekend uh, in World Cups. First in rugby, England versus South Africa, and first in the cricket, England versus South Africa. Uh, in terms of who's going to win, I think South Africa are going to win both, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, I think South Africa are certainly going to win the rugby. I think England have done well to get to the semi-finals, but 
Um, I think South Africa, absolutely. I'd be stunned if England could beat South Africa in the semi-final of the Rugby World Cup. Pleasantly surprised if they do, but I can't see it. I think it's going to be a comfortable win for South Africa in that one. I think the cricket won't be quite so comfortable, but um, both teams going into it on the back of really disappointing defeats, of course, can believe South Africa, uh, Netherlands result. Um, could sort of believe the England-Afghanistan um, result because England are just look a bit just off it this World Cup. They've gone into it. I didn't fancy them to retain, get even get close to retaining the trophy in this World Cup. And I've not been surprised at um, some of the performances. So, yeah, I'm going for a South Africa double. So I'm sure that will quite please you uh, in in that one. Um, and that's it from me, everyone. Thank you very much for watching. As usual, like I said, I'm heading over to Germany this weekend. If you are in Frankfurt tomorrow, come down to O'Reilly's, I think it is, because that's where I'm going to try and watch the, in, uh, the Arsenal Chelsea game after I've been speaking at the World Book Fair. I'm going to take my computer, so we'll try and do some videos as well uh, while we're there, hopefully discussing a very good Arsenal victory. Until then, everyone, have a very good Friday, and I'll speak to you soon.